coaches, welcome back. It's been a while. This is episode number 37, and it's been a while. Uh, I had a little bit of a holiday after the coaching summit. That was well needed, but we are back. And I just got off a, a lovely call with David Trelevin, and he was one of the people that I had most fun talking to in the podcast last year. And this conversation was the same. Uh, he's actually just been coaching me. <laughs> so I feel great. I feel great. I felt like I just went through an embodied shift. And that's that's what our conversation is about today. It's about It's about how do we coach people into a deep sense of congruency and um, alignment with what they most care about. Um, so that they become the fullest expression of who they are. So we'll talk about what's happening there. How do we coach people into that place? And importantly, what happens when they come out of that and they go into a different place? What do we do in those moments? And that's where David does a really nice little coaching demo with me there. David is a teacher with the Strozzi Institute, and he's a, a writer and an educator working at the intersection of mindfulness and trauma. He just released um, last year an acclaimed book, actually, called Trauma-Sensitive Mindfulness. I recommend that. He's also one of the lead faculty of our online training program for coaches called The Power of Embodied Transformation. That's just launched. You can find out more by heading to coachesrising.com forward slash poet, P-O-E-T. And I will be back at the end to tell you more about that. So let's dive in. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm delighted to be with you again, David. And I, w- I want to talk today with you about um, uh, congruency and alignment and um, something that's really, I'm really passionate about at the moment, which is how do we embody what's most important to us? Um, so I, I want to just say, you know, like I, I meet people who inspire me, you know, it's like, it's just as if, as if there is that kind of sense of co- deep congruency and alignment and uh, they've got a certain presence and, and they're inspiring, you know, and, and when they speak and act, it, 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 it touches me and seems to influence me and inspire me in, in positive ways, you know, and that, that appeals to me like a, so, so I want to explore what might be going on with those people because, you know, just to contrast that, I also know in myself those times when it feels flat, you know, or I feel disjointed, perhaps inauthentic, you know, um, and, I, and I see other people like that, speak, people leading, speaking, who don't inspire me or touch me. And so what's happening there, you know, so... Um, I guess my first question is like, what, what comes up as I, as I, you know, just paint that picture um, about these people who are congruent? Well, I love, I love the topic. And I think it's such a great conversation inside of coaching about, um, well, what is that special magic thing that some people seem to have and that other, what you just said where others might not. And, uh, and can it, can it be, uh, I don't know if taught's the right word, but like, can, can we cultivate that? Is that something that just some people have and some people don't? And, um, and if we're in the role, if we're so lucky to be coaching someone, 
how would we actually do that? How do we work with them? And it makes me actually, when you were talking about it, it reminded me of a story that I, I'm, so I'm from Canada. I got down here in 2007 and I ended up, this is kind of a long story, but I ended up singing in a choir and uh, it was a big part of me just landing here in California. And we got invited to go to an, uh, a Barack Obama, Barack Obama fundraiser in the very early stages. He, he was just, just starting to explore whether he would consider running for president. And uh, we were in a room of like 300 people, kind of high, high-end fundraiser in San Francisco. And we, we end up in this choir, we're on stage with them. And he walked out and, and I, you know, everyone, I imagine listeners will have different political persuasions, but he, he did walk out and he had, a, he had a compelling magnetism to him. And I was like, what is this person? I hadn't heard much about him. He was relaxed and he was confident. And there was even a moment where someone passed out. It was a really hot room. And he just was so human with this person. And, and when I look back on it, I feel like what I saw is that he was really congruent. When he was, when he was speaking, he had this, this energy that felt like what I am saying is aligned with my core beliefs and my values. I'm not BSing you here. I am who I am. and I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I'm going to shine. And if you're up for it, let's do it. Let's do this thing together. So that I've been curious ever since then. And then I watched, you know, over a year, him like just create this incredible uh, movement. And so anyway, inside of that, I've been very curious about this thing of like, what was that? And we can, we cultivate it. And, so I think the place I'd want to start with you is, what is it? Like, what is the thing when you, almost like that special sauce, when you just named it about congruence, like, what do you think is happening if we did an x-ray of someone or like got to see inside their psyche? Do you think it's that someone just has a natural uh, gift? Or do you think that's something that they worked over time? And what do you think they were practicing? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think it's absolutely something that uh, can be practiced and, and, you know, you can grow into that. I mean, maybe some people just have that in them more than others, but I, but I do think so. And I think it's, it's a big question, you know, in a way. It's a big question, like how, how could you find that kind of congruency? Because like you just shared, you know, it's not just – that he's, uh, you know, Barack Obama's in his body and he's present, although that sounds like a big part of it, but it's also he's like in line, he's congruent with his own beliefs and what he stands for. So, um, like, I, I imagine, like, the answer is something like that there's a certain point in our lives that we can get to uh, where that just becomes important to us, you know, like, I... I imagine well for me certainly there was this point in my life where suddenly I cared about being congruent I cared about being authentic um, I cared suddenly about this mind my mind body connection you know and how I seem to be kind of living in my mind quite a lot and um, there's nothing wrong with my mind but it seemed to be unintegrated so all those things suddenly came to the foreground and then, you know, that was just the beginning, really, because it was like, how do I actually, how do I actually then begin to, uh, you know, uh, grow into that congruency? And I think for me, it's part, partly about um, 
developing an embodied awareness, body awareness, uh, you know, noticing the way that I'm shaped and um, that, that doesn't create that, you know, what's this conditioning that's shaped me over my life that, uh, you know, has me um, not touch people in a certain way that I would like to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and um, face, you know, like becoming aware and sensitive to all the, the, I think it's about metabolizing the conditioning, you know, that, mm. that, that I've, that I've gained over a lifetime. Um, that's part of it. I'll, I'll fire it back to you. I think there's other, other aspects to it. But. Yeah, I think that um, I, that feels right to me. What, what you're saying about there's a, there's a moment for us where we uh, really commit to something feels true. And I, I was before this call, I was thinking about this congruence and, um, and I thought, okay, is there a difference between magnetism and congruence? Because there are some people that I just find magnetic. And I do think there was just a, there's just a, some people just seem like they have that as part of the, almost baked into their personality is they just, you just want to move towards them. But then when I heard what I hear you describing, and this is more my experience, both in my personal life and then coaching is that it's something, it's something we can work over time. And it's often hard work. And you know, my, you know, my background here and how we got introduced is through this um, power of embodied transformation course and what we're doing around embodiment. And that to me, I, I, that is the, that's the special sauce for me in some ways, because I did 10 years of talk therapy, tr trained, trained to become a talk therapist. And what I found through that work is just because someone maybe cognitively wanted to be congruent that didn't actually translate always into how they move through the world or their impact in relationships. So I think of it as two main levers that we can pull. One is what you said about, first we need to know what we care about. Like what is it that we're actually willing to leverage our lives towards? And what I love is it's going to be different for everyone. And so first establishing what do we care about? What matters? What are our values? But then, and then there's that second lever around embodiment. So are we embodying that or are we not? So just a quick, quick story on this is I was working with a couple as coach and someone was saying, hey, my value is to be really collaborative and like love my partner. And then there's these moments where actually that's not what I'm doing. That's not what pops out of my, my soma or my body. And we just got really curious inside the sessions about what was happening inside of that and what would this person need to be practicing to get more aligned. And that's, that's really what I'm interested in with you in this conversation is what are the practices that enable us to get more congruent or aligned with our values? Yeah, beautiful. And you said um, that the, the magic source for you was, was really when you started to you know, learn about embodiment and work in an embodied way. So, you know, in, like how did you work with this person in that way or how would you work with someone you know, in a way that would help them find that congruency? Totally. A lot of it was around sensation. That was the sauce. I mean, that was a, a lot about uh, what you, technical term would be like interoceptive sensations. Like what was happening inside my body? What moved me towards someone or away? It opened up this whole matrix for me. I think of the movie where that moment where in the matrix, all of a sudden you see the, the ones and the zeros coming down. It's like you can see it. And for me, um, 
I, I, I'll just say a, just a personal example of I, I did dating and relationship um, in, a, in a particular way for you know, 20 years since I was an adult, where I'll say it was like 15 years of trying on dating in certain ways. And I hit this crisis point of saying, I don't know actually even what I want. Like, am I dating to try to get married? Am I dating? Like, why am I actually doing this? And what I realized is a lot of the ways that I was acting with, with people came from a lot of ideas I had inherited about what dating is supposed to look like and what success is. And if I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And at some point I just let that go and, and started to really try to listen to what's my dream. Do I want to have kids? Do I not? I really tried to listen and I found that I had had a cognitive map of relationship, but then I had a longing inside about what I wanted that was actually different from what was the, the buffet that I had been presented with. And also, I'll just say the way that I got to a more congruent place around love was to listen really deeply inside. But that, and that took time. It took a long time over years of going, does this compel me? Does this not? Does my heart open or does it not? So my body actually gave me the signals of what I cared about. And so that's why I say around secret sauce, it's like, I've noticed that when I work with people, they come in and they have ideas about what they care about. And then there's what their body's telling them they care about. Sometimes that's congruent. Other times it's not. And I just want to get, I get curious with people around that gap between what's happening inside and outside. Well, I love that you say that. And I think there's something important when you talk about longing there, because uh, it's, it's not just sensation, is it? Like, of course, that's really important, you know, that coming down to that level of sensation can reveal so much important information. But actually, like, if you talk about something like longing, you know, that's quite a sophisticated uh, experience which is, has a kind of, um, you know, uh, potentiality within it. And if, you know, someone isn't connected to that sense of, like, like when I think about longing, you know, it, um, it has a, an, a, an aliveness to it, or it could do, you know, as I begin to relate to it more and more, that actually it wakes up something inside of me. And I think that points to something important in what we're talking about here. Yeah. Oh, um, I agree with you. It's not just a felt experience and because it's so cognitive, you know, we have ideas, we have dreams, we have all of our sensations, images, memory, you know, the whole thing is mixed up in a moment. And what I love about, well, what actually I love about that, the, the poet course um, and that whole, the, the whole piece around embodiment and the methodology of embodiment is that as a coach, the first question that I've been trained to ask someone is what do you long for and what do you care about? And that is an interesting place to start versus what's not working for you. Um, which I'm not saying that's not a good way in, but to say to someone, what do you care about? What do you long for? It's a, where do you, and then the question I'd have for you and the audience is when someone asks you that question, what do you care about? Where do you go for the information that tells you that? And that's an interesting moment for me. And, and one more thing is, if someone says, I don't know, then that's also an interesting entry point of saying, um, do you know uh, at what point that shifted? Or um, 
Do you know how you might uh, tuck away what you care about? Like it's just an entry point into saying, how do we or don't we live with longing? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I like how you share, share that, you know, that either, either is a gateway into, um, you know, working with somebody in an embodied way. And um, if I come back to that, that sort of idea of longing, then um, like I, maybe there's two sides to this, yeah? That, that I'm, and, I'm, and I'm excited about both and I, maybe I'll conflate both and maybe we'll find out they are the same thing. But one is like this sense of congruency, you know, so, um, you know, can I uh, f- land more and more inside of myself and um, in alignment with my deepest values and what's true for me and then, you know, um, speak and act from that place. And then, and then this other thing that excites me is, is like this, almost like this idea of transmission. And may, maybe this is where I find out they're both the same thing. But um, it seems like as we develop our capacity to feel that longing, you know, so that, yes, we're not excluding our minds and our, our intellect, but that we, we are in touch with that longing as it arises, that we can begin to... Um, feel it in the moment and speak from that longing and act from that longing in a way that then I think has a, you know, it's a very different experience, you know, and I think that that in those moments, uh, that's when we see people who are like, wow, what's going on with them? Hmm. You know, like that guy's, he's expressing something uh, and and, and I can feel it. It's palpable. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, yeah, for me, I'm very excited about that. How can we begin to land more and more inside of uh, what we are feeling here and now and then to speak from that place and act from that place? And I think that's probably, probably similar to congruency. I do. I think that's, um, yeah, I think they are. I love that they're both separate, but they seem like they're in the same room in some ways. And when I think of the people who, when we started by talking about people who seem to have a certain thing and can we cultivate that? Um, I do, I, I, I agree with you or my, how I'm hearing you is it's someone who is both is really living into the fulfillment of their lives and is both in their longing and living it and practicing that. And I, without, we, we you and I have never talked about this, but I, my, my, my kind of map of life is that each of us has a this kind of full potential living. Like we come in with some kind of blueprint, but there is a, each of us, for example, I have a, I have a um, cousin now who's a smaller child who totally is into cooking. And f- I have no idea why, but we we're, were all just saying, I think they're going to be a chef. Like, I think that that's where they're headed. There's some fulfillment of a destiny, if you want to call it. And um, that's also what they're practicing. They're, they're growing up, they're learning recipes. You can just feel, and when they're in the joy of it as a small little person, it is just so infectious to be around this little person who's just like loving flavor and all, all this amazing, um, it's just not something I would have done. I have a friend who also does that around medicine. It is so not what I'm interested in around like organs, and, but they love it and they study it and, so if that's the 
if we're able to connect with a longing, which sometimes I think that's hard and a part of the coaching process, is then how would we actually practice being in the fullest expression of that? I think embodiment's a part of that. I think relationship's a part of that. Um, and that's what I, I, I am really interested in the practices. And I, I, But to your point, I don't know if the piece around congruence and the longing and whether they live together or apart, I'm, I'm really interested in that. And I think mostly what I, last thing I'll say is when I see people uh, who are in pain or struggling, it's often that they're feeling way off path. They're, they're feeling a combination of like, I'm not feeling congruent and I don't, I'm not fully knowing what I care about right now. And that's part of what I can offer as a coach is just to support them back into their truth. I mean, um, yeah, so much comes up for me. I would like to respond to, to so much of it. And I definitely want to come back to that thing you said about practicing being in the fullest expression of, of, of who I am, you know, and, um, and, and particularly like how would we coach somebody around that, you know, through that lens. Um, but that, that example you gave of your cousin, I think it speaks to me so much because, you know, in some way it's, you know, you talked about destiny, but there's this mystery, isn't there? You know, it's like, like, there's, I just know when I'm at home, you know, when I'm in the right place, I just have this felt sense of it. And um, I'm a unique person, you know, and I, I, like you just said, you know, that you've got a friend who's into medicine, he's different. And, um, but, it, but, it, but I find it interesting because this, this is another way I've been thinking about it. You know, there's, there's ways that I've been trying to um, find congruency and embodiment uh, through almost like um, my own self-authoring and autonomy. You know, I'm going to decide who I am. And, um, you know, I'm going to decide what I stand for and what, what my values are. And I'm in that inquiry. And um, it's a powerful inquiry and it's very useful um, and important. And I think it's, it is an important part of this whole piece. But, I, but I've also noticed that there's also this kind of like, in a sense, it's like, it's not up to me. You know, like there's a, if I if I actually let go of trying to control how I think I should show up and how I should be in the world, that um, I can yield almost, and then 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 this sense of um, being in touch with something that moves through me that can be very palp. I mean, I've had some moments where I was on a call the other week, and I and I just showed up fully in my longing. That, again, I hadn't thought about this, but I just showed up and I just surrendered to it. And I was amazed by what came through my mouth, you know, like what was expressed. And I didn't plan that. I didn't strategize around that. It just came through me. And as I speak about that now, you know, I can feel myself getting coming alive again. So there's just, I mean, I hope this doesn't all sound too abstract, but there's... Um, yeah, there's something about um, maybe as we grow and develop more and more that we actually relax and let go and become more and more open. Hmm. And then something can authentic, let's authentically ours shine through us. Hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. What you said, the fullest expression of who we are. Mm-hmm. Can I do a brief experiment with you? Yes. So when you just said that right now, I have two questions for you. You said when you, when you're talking about when you came alive on the call, where, where do you feel that 
Like what's the, you were gesturing a little bit, but what's the sensations inside? Yeah, I can feel it now. So as you, as you invite, there's like this tingling all over. Um, you know, I can feel the soles of my feet tingling and uh, my legs, um, my, my belly. Um, and there's, there's a particular kind of concentration of it um, in my kind of chest. Um, and, and, and it has a, an expansive feeling to it. Like it, it's not just tingling, but it's like, yes, mm-hmm. like that kind of feeling like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. um, so expression, it has a movement to it. And if you were to, this is a genuine question. I'm not meaning this is like a coaching question, but if you were to land in Joel right now, say you were even a stranger who was just in this experience of Joel right now, and you were in, and, and you were just like, wow, what is it that Joel cares about? Like in this experience of that movement, what, like what is that moving towards? Or what do you, what would you say is the most important thing? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's almost like it, it's, uh, it, it's a, such, it is, it is the expression of what's most important. So it's, it's an aliveness and, right. uh, um, a, a, a presence, an expression. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that is it. Like, it, and, and, um, right. You're uh, it, you're, it, you're living it. You're in it. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, my, if I can just, my experience of you from the time that we've now had together over, you know, we've talked a couple of times is that you feel like someone who's really committed to aliveness and, and, and also you seem like you have a real passion for um, how powerful it can be when you get to be, or you or we get to be fully expressed. We don't have to hold back. We can really just let ourselves be with passion, with care, with what we care about. And um, so that's my experience just sitting with you is when you were telling me about being on the call, I was like, God, this is Joel and his full expression. Yeah. And it seems like that's part of the value and, I'm just thinking if we were doing a a coaching session where I would, this to me, this is now where my flags are up in a good way, or I'm I'm really getting curious or teacher of mine says, Oh, my tail's wagging. Like I'm really excited about it is to me, this is the trailhead is okay. So here's a lot of sensations. There's a whole thing happening around congruence. And now I'd want to ask you, where do you feel this? Where don't you feel this? what would you, what would your life be like if you had this four or 5% more often? You know, it's just, if this is to me, the bottom up learning in coaching where now you've hooked in, you've caught the line, you're in the boat, you got the fish and let's go with that versus that we're top down, just trying to think about what, what it is. And so this, these are the, these are these important moments, I think in coaching where, where someone's, what you just said, like you are it, you are living it. And that was like Obama. Obama, he just was embodying the full expression of his whatever values or his life path, whatever you want to call it, versus trying to be something in a top-down way. And it's just to me, it's like a launch point. It's a really interesting launch point as coaches. And how do we, we learn to just, I think, do well by those moments. Beautiful. I want to sort of dig into what you're sharing a bit more. So, um, so, so that's what you're doing as a coach. Yeah, You're like in a way you're like tracking your client palpating maybe into your client, like feel, feeling them. What's it like to be in connection 
and that is revealing information to you. You know, like you said, these flags um, that, that then can, you know, take the conversation in, in a certain direction. Yeah, this, this is the gift of, of somatic coaching to me is that I am, I am working to both and I'm doing it with you. I think we're both doing it with each other. I mean, I mean, everyone is doing this on some level. This is just highlighting it of that we're tracking both the story and the body at the same time or the narrative and the cognition, but we're not just talking heads that I'm really tracking the, your skin tone, like where you really become more pale, more alive with life or your pupil dilation. I mean, even over zoom, this is one thing I'm learning about um, video is that you, you can really track a lot um, with someone, even though it's not quote unquote in person, there's a lot happening here. And I think a lot of coaches I met in coaches rising and poet were doing online work. Anyway, all to say I'm tracking the animal body and, and this is a core part of our mammalian all these responses that are revealing what we do and don't care about. And then I think to me, the art of it is how do I leverage that tracking to support someone? Cause it's, you know, if we just kept saying, um, where do you feel that? Where do you feel that? Where do you feel that? That's, you know, it's useful, but there are, I think that's what makes separates fair or good coaching from amazing coaching is that we're finding how to uh, really leverage those moments that we're noticing something and have someone feel like that that's really supporting their path and that it's useful as opposed to just kind of an overlay of body centered work. Right. Right. So, um, so in those moments, you know, when you would be seeing something, then you would build upon that by inquiring in, you know, like what, what's, what does this mean to you perhaps? Or, um, well, perhaps you, you, they would already be inside of that, so they might already know. But, right. um, you, you know, then, you, then the question, how could you have more of this or feeling this? Yeah, right. exactly. And, it's, and I, I love that you made that distinction. I think there are, there are moments where we might say, tell me about what this means or uh, tell me the story of how. And then there's this moment of what you said in your experience with me here was like, I'm in it. It is it. And I, when those are moments in coaching where I just want to get really curious because they're in it. And I really just want to sort of, it's almost like sitting beside them on the sofa versus it's you and me across from each other. I almost want to get beside them um, metaphorically and say, tell me about this experience. What is life like from here? you're you're inside of it like what do you care about from here the whole the conversation opens to a whole different place to me when we're when someone's in it versus talking about it yeah and so a lot of what we do in poet is to do this power of embodied transformation courses what are the practices that actually get someone inside of the experience versus talking about it from outside of it it's like in some way the work is I wouldn't say the work is done at that point, but it's a very different place, isn't it? Yeah. Now, now they're like cooking inside of it. And so you're just helping them to land inside even more, perhaps to, to embody it, you know, to, to be, what's it, what's it like to be in this place? Like to get the imprint of it. That's yes. And what if five times a day you set an alarm on your phone that, you were going to just center inside of this feeling and this longing 
And then you just, you just went from there in your day. I mean, that's one of the practices that we'll do is just centering people in there in these kind of sensations. And then also Joel, where I love it is to me where it gets into deeper waters is if, if I can help someone get curious about what takes you out of that experience, that to me is a real doorway into an important whole part of the house. Um, what, when someone says this, or when I'm in this particular social context, or, you know, we just, if we can get curious about what takes you out of it, um, then it's, it just, to me, it goes into a lot of depth in those yeah. places. Yeah. Well, I was, it's funny because I was about to go there um, because, um, for example, I noticed like, you know, sometimes people have, um, they can start to land inside of that care, um, that longing, you know, what it is they stand for. And then perhaps something will come up, you know, that will take them out of that. Like, oh, I can't be this, you know, um, in all my life. Or, um, you know, who am I to fully embody this? And it knocks them out, you know. So then suddenly they're like a, a bit of a distance away, um, metaphorically, you know. So, um, but a question I have for you is, uh, would you ask them, you know, while they're in this place, what takes you out? Or would you wait until it arises in the coaching session? You know, that they might suddenly withdraw, pull back from, from being in that place. And then you could work with, oh, oh what just happened? You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, or, or would you like, cause you know, I wonder if they start to think back into their lives, would that perhaps take them out of this place or, um, you know, yeah. I think it's a great point. I think it's a great point because, because, well, for one thing, I think part of our role in coaching is to have deep respect for whatever takes someone out of their longing. I mean, for good reason, I meet people, it's like, for good reason, you, um, you tucked that away or that you decided like who, the, the who am I when you just said that, who am I to live this life for, you know, for good reason, people all of us, I mean, I have my own stories around this where it's actually difficult for me to tolerate the aliveness that comes with living in my longing. It's, it's not easy to be whatever you want to call it, an aliveness or more power. It's, it's very challenging or it can be, it's uncomfortable. And so I do think there's something about um, letting people, yeah, not forcing it. Like it'll happen. We know that someone will connect with what they care about and then they'll, then they'll disconnect from it. That'll happen organically. And I think you're right. It's like if we can work it in the session and get curious about it or have the person we're working with get curious about um, how it's happening outside of the sessions, it's a ton of good material, but we don't need to get... To me, the first place is always to even just start with what matters to you. What would be success out of a session? We start with that first thing around... Yeah a longing or what we call commitment. And then we get, and then the second part is in what we call condition tendency. It's like, what's the thing that you'll tend to do that spits you out? And um, let's just be in a conversation about that. But yeah, it's, it's really about curiosity in the moment as opposed to overlaying it. Yeah. Well, what, what I like about what you're sharing is, um, and I'd love to ask you more about how do you, uh, how do you work with a condition tendency? Because, you know, for, for example, in my life for years, I had this kind of like, slightly sunken um kind of posture and uh the the kind of mood that came with it was like i'm unwelcome you know so 
So it was like I didn't want to impose um, in the places that I was. And that, that can still arise at times, um, but, but it's certainly shifted a lot. And, and what was important was honoring that part of me, you know, because I've also spent quite a long time trying to kind of almost posture over the top of it, you know? Yeah. Sunkenness. So I want to like, I'm going to be big and strong, you know? And, and it was like built on kind of brittle foundation. So that's why I love what you're saying about honoring these conditioned tendencies that, um, because that I think is when they can be integrated when we yeah. love them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so glad we're here in this territory. Um, there was a Saturday Night Live skit when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s of someone, I think it was Adam Sandler, looking in the mirror and going, I love myself. Something like, I love myself. You're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it, people like you. There was just some like affirmation that this person was doing as kind of making fun of the whole thing. And I, I think coaching, um, I do think it, where, when coaching moves from good to great, is when we're willing to enter, we're not just overlaying it, like you're saying, and that you're, you weren't just shifting from, um, well, I tend, to, I tend to collapse. Let me just put on this different body or let me just try on something. Now, I think there's something important about that around like, quote unquote, fake it till you make it, like actually just trying it on. But then unless we're willing to actually be in the be in the, the, the deeper, the, the emotions, sensations, the, the narratives that come with the reasons, Joel, that you, for any of us, would have gotten small or collapsed. Unless there's a respect for that, um, then I, what I've noticed over time is that the body, the, the body won't change. And one of the things we say inside of somatics is the body opens with a yes. It's rare that we shame the body into being in a different way and so there's something important about, I'll say for me, I have a similar story where it would get really small. There's a whole story behind that and experiences around my family. And for me to start to, my longing was to be bigger, to have more confidence, let more energy run through. But for me to do that, it also made, I had to be very kind and loving with the parts of me that um, got small to take care of my safety, my belonging. And it was a real mix of both, okay, I'm going to both feel the sensations of getting small, but then I'm also going to try on this different shape. And it was a real give and take over months. And I needed a coach to do that. I needed someone to support me through it. So yeah. that's a lot of what we get into in the course is what's happening in that. If we're not just putting on a new thing, what's, what are we doing in there? How, how do you, um, you know, work with somebody's condition tendency then? Um, you know, like if you, if you're with them in the session, um, what, what would you do? Like you would ask them like, like what takes you out of this? Yeah. 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 What would you, where would you go from there? Well, here's, we could do it live. You and yeah. I could do it. So do you have your shape you said? Um, and you said you, that still comes around a little bit, right? Yeah. That's that you can still feel them. So is that something you can feel still? Like, do you feel that even just a little impulse around it or? Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question that I'd ask you, I do this with myself, it would be, um, ask your, you could ask your body, does it want to do that even more? Or another way to think of it, Joel, is like, what if you didn't try to just put on something different, but trusted the intelligence of it and just let it do its thing for a moment? 
Yeah. And you just kind of, yeah, just like that. You just notice what happens and yeah. So it's like, I notice I'm curl- curling up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel a sad, I feel sad as well. Like sadness uh-huh. in my chest. Yeah. yeah. So no, just given where we are, you can stay there if you want, but given where we are in our conversation, I, my main question here would be, do you know what this takes care of? Well, it keeps me, keeps me safe. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid from this place. It's like, I'm, I'm afraid of, um, like bothering people in a way that then they would, um, reject me, you know? So, mm-hmm. so it's keeping me, it's keeping me safe. Mm-hmm. It's, keep, it's keeping me from not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if there was one thing that, um, if there's one thing that this part of you or this shaping would want to hear when you're there, do you have a sense of what it could be? So it could be something like, um, good job or you don't need to change, or this is really smart. Do you have a sense of what? Well, it, it's funny because even as you shared those, I felt something inside of me relaxed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very palpable. It, it would be like, thanks, you know? Right. Like along yeah. the lines of just like, thank you. Like, yeah. Thanks yeah. for taking care of me. Totally. Yeah, and that can uh, create a really palpable shift. It's like um, all the muscles and uh, around my my lungs and my chest start to soften, and my 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 spine actually wants to straighten out. It's quite remarkable, just from that small reflection. <laughs> That's been my experience in my life too. Is that for years. I was trying to be something different. I was trying to straighten up. And, and it wasn't until I let myself just let it happen, trusted the intelligence of that somatic movement, and then started to say, of course you're doing this. Like, of course you're doing this. That was so smart. Until that level of like deep love and getting from myself and from other people then the straightening could happen. Then the straightening when it happened was happening from a much more organic place uh, versus that we're trying to, you know, just like trying to override um, a deeply intelligent response. So when you ask how it worked, that's a really that, what that little eddy that you just did, that little dip is, that was a very quick one, but that's really how how we work with um, quote unquote condition tendencies is we help people get into a lot of respect care and that comes with time it's not always like it happens so fast you've done you know your own work here so yeah 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 it kind of reminds me of um you know like parts work a little bit from internal family systems but this sense of just like um honoring honoring this part of me you know that protected me yes Um, and and not posturing i think often for me in the past that uh it did come out of a sense of lack you know, the, the, the need to cover over something. So, and um, this, this yeah. is, jo- this is my experience of congruence that to me, I mean, you feel it right now. I, or I feel it sitting with you is like, 
that's my experience of embodied congruence is that someone goes through this arc that I think we've explored in this conversation is they go, they enter into what do I care about? What do I long for? They let that kind of shape themselves. And then eventually they'll hit the place that goes, no, 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 we can't do that. Or that's not safe. Or you're not going to get, you're not going to have friends here. And then we do this last little piece of like, that's okay. We can blend, but we can be with that. And then, and then on the other side of that little, this dip or this arc that you just went on, I think there is a deep, there's congruence that happens there. Um, and life, I think, is really different from there. And a lot of coaching to me is helping people travel these arcs and, and live into more and more of their, the, their lives and their congruence. And, and it just feels like the vulnerability, you know, the um, inclusiveness of this, you know, that I've, um, I've included this, this part of me and welcomed it and it's unfurling. Um, and, and, um, there's a strength in that, you know, like there's, there's that, it, it deepens that congruency. Maybe I'm just saying the same thing as you, um, but I'm just noticing what that's like. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's just more rooted. Yeah. Yeah. So but that's my experience too with myself, with clients and is it the strength when you said strength, it's not a put on, it's not a, I mean, Obama, I keep coming back to Obama, but he didn't get up there. You know, he's a thin guy. He's not trying to put on some machismo or talking gender here too. He's just not, it's not, it's not put on. You could feel it. He's like, this is me. This is my life. And it was, it was connected to the earth and the ground. This is another thing we talk about in the poet course is also just being in relationship with gravity. How do we be in these human bodies and relax and into the earth? And I think it, it, it that's another conversation, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've covered a lot here, you know, and um, maybe this, is there anything you want to add to, um, you know, as we round up, anything you want to bring in that you didn't bring in yet? No, I, I think it's covering a lot of ground. And to me, we could have, um, there's many choice points we could have paused and just kept going deeper. Yeah. And that's one thing I appreciate about body-based coaching is that it creates a lot of material for people to work with. And then we can go in so let's get curious about that or that. So um, mostly excited to continue the conversation with you. And uh, I, I love this material. It's really fun to be, I think it's so rich for coaching. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. great to be talking to you. Yeah, thanks. Maybe you could just share like, um, I know you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but like, what are you going to be um, sh sharing with people in the power of embodied transformation in your sessions? Yeah, I, I'm on the, um, I'm actually covering a lot of what we, we're talking about here, we'll do a deep dive around what we call commitment or one's longing and how do we support clients to really um, hook in and anchor to what they care about in not just a cognitive way, but really an embodied way. And then how do we work with these condition tendencies? So I'll be, and then, and then there's a whole arc that people get to travel around. How do you work with opening? What are the practices you give people? There's a whole beautiful, I, I really like the way the course came together. Yeah. So I'll be on the early part of the arc and we'll do demos. We'll have people be in practices around this stuff um, and people can check it out and see if, um, if they like it. I, I found it last year to be a really powerful yeah. course. Yeah. Thanks very much, David. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Joel. Great to be with you. Hi, everyone. It's Joel here again. I just want to take one minute to tell you about the power of embodied transmission. David's going to be one of the key faculty on that training. 
And um, it's really all about the stuff we've been talking about today. How do you coach people into embodied transformation? And what I love about this program is that we've co-created it with the Strozzi Institute. It's not a series of unconnected workshops. This is an integrated arc of sessions that take you layer by layer into the essential practice of embodied coaching. And we brought in people like Richard Strozzi Heckler, Stacey Haynes, David Trelevin, Amanda Blake, uh, Wendy Palmer, Ginny Whitelaw. It's really an amazing faculty. And for me, uh, as you would have heard in the podcast today, it's really a game changer when you can start working with your clients in an embodied way. It just brings such a new level of depth to the work. So if you're interested, registration is now open and um, you can find out more by heading to coachesrising.com forward slash poet. That's coachesrising.com forward slash P-O-E-T. All right, I'll see you next time.